Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Hey guys, this is Alex Kirby, host of the Down to Business Podcast, where as you know, where your business is our business. We handle and we talk about things in the areas of business, finance, marketing, everything in between to help you grow your business and lead a life that you desire for your employees and for yourself. My name, again, Alex here. I own Pure Marketing, Beacon Sports, and Trifecta Landscaping. Today, our guest, Mr. Daniel Fisher with Fisher Films. Is that right, Daniel? That's right. Okay, and we're we already chatting off air, so let's just jump in here. <laughs> a little bit about... You, Daniel, we've worked with you in the past. Uh, you have, you're probably one of the more unique guests I think we've had. So you don't, maybe you don't know, but the pod, we have episodes on Fridays, which is kind of like a solo with me and talking about business finance, marketing, generic stuff, not generic, but uh, topical. And then, uh, yeah, generic. Um, <laughs> and then on Mondays we have, we have guests that we feel like are unique. We don't, we try not to bring guests on that mm-hmm. we don't feel like would be like a interesting Obviously, I hope no one would do that, but I actually think like non-repetitive. Right. And you're somebody, you might be the most unique we've had besides one that comes off the top of my head, Morrison made. Yeah, he's um, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, dude. I'm glad I fall in a unique category. Yeah, yeah you're super unique. <laughs> um, so kind of tell everybody a little bit about what you do, uh, Daniel, and then we'll jump into dis- dissecting so that. Once again, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Alex and Chris. But um Alex was asking me that before we started rolling and it was like, and so what exactly do you do? And I think to myself, what do I do? <laughs> well, cause I pride myself on like understanding people in their arenas cause right. business is business. But, and like, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, we've known each other for a year or so now. And I'm sitting here like before you walked in and I'm like, I don't exactly know how to define mm-hmm. what you do. So please enlighten yeah, me. I do a lot of different things. So I, for I'll start at the beginning, not from when yeah, I was born. Yeah, tell your quick but, like one minute story as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I went business. to University of South Carolina, graduated in <laughs> '07. Yep, go Gamecocks. Uh, with a media arts degree, film studies minor. Got out and guess what? Didn't work in the field that mm-hmm. I just got my bachelor's in for the first three years. I went to a uh, medical company, Durable Medical, delivered Durable Medical all around the state for a couple years. And then, I mean, it's a unique thing because God just kind of gave me the opportunity. I was saving money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I'm called to do. Like, I love media. I love film. That's uh, my bachelor's is in media arts. I'm going to start a film company. And we're technically classified as a, like, film cinematic company. Okay. But we do all kinds of different things, obviously. And so I started it with my brother, and we were blessed. I mean, this is truly a God thing. When I started in 2011... That was when I got hooked up with this guy named Thomas Moore, who was running Eyesight Multimedia at the time. He had just started his multimedia company and longtime family friends, the Shoals, Janice was going off on her own, breaking away from mm-hmm. radio and doing her own marketing company. Mm-hmm. And so this like perfect storm of like God giving me the opportunity, like go take this risk, step out and guess what? Here's two companies you're going to be working alongside. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So building those relationships, even before I'd started the company, sure. like these relationships were paying off and God was opening doors. Okay. And so that's kind of how the whole company really started. And at first, obviously I didn't go raise a half a million dollars and shoot a film. Right. The first thing was, so Thomas and Janice, what do you have from the people you're working with. And it was simple web videos. And so we started off and we still do it to this day, making simple web videos for, you know, companies, advertisements. Okay. So you, you, well, this is one keynote for our listeners to pull away if they don't hear anything else is relationships can build any bridge to any place. So 
for yeah i just have great stories on that but no seriously like recently this last week like um anyways we'll talk about that in a minute but so you had these relationships with these people you start mm-hmm. this company and they sort of were gasoline to your fire you started right. a little flame and then boom you had these relationships so so you've been doing short short videos mm-hmm. but but what's the core of your business so the core of my business now is actually a lot of um chiropractic videos and i work with show media <laughs> i know it's kind of funny i know it's kind of crazy <clears throat> that's my bread and butter day to day is so i'll make that um, cracks me up i know one minute commercials for them and we literally have commercials running all across the u.s um where we're getting Did you hear the joke i said what? Cracks, that yeah, because they're chiropractors. Anyway, so so this is like a national account kind of thing. Yes. Wow. Okay. And so that's really the bread and butter, and everything kind of stems off of that. And um, because we have that as kind of our foundation, I've been able to focus on other projects, and that includes like, and you guys know about this, and I can talk about it on mm-hmm. here, the, the docu series that we've been working on for the past two years, which I cannot wait to talk about. Yes. So. Things like that. I just um, started working with Palmetto Family. Okay. Who's, um, like, they do a lot of, you know, lobbying and, and, you know, political work, and Mm -hmm. they're a very conservative organization. It's called consulting. Yeah, consulting. Okay. Quote, unquote, (laughs) consulting. That's such a great Uh, umbrella for all things that, like, are sketchy, like. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to sound sketchy. sketchy. They're really. No, what I mean is, like, (laughs) uh, vague. I use the The word, wrong words. Consulting is. The joke behind consulting is, this is what I do from 6 to 7 p.m. This is my day job. This is how I make side money. (laughs) I'm a consultant. I love. So let me, like, (laughs) make a joke about that. Like, when you hear someone say, I'm an entrepreneur, it's, like, the same thing to me. It's, like. Oh, you own one vending machine in the you know parking lot of a Sam's Club or something. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the joke I made when you, like, when you see it on their bio on like Instagram, right. like entrepreneur. I'm like, he owns nothing. Right. Uh, right. Does nothing. But. Just videos of him pulling quarters yeah. out of machines. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, no, it's ambiguous is what I'm, that word I was looking yeah. for. But that that's cool. So, so, so anyways, they're a company like that. Yeah. They're a consulting company and do a lot of conservative lobbying. And um, we just got done working on a um, prison ministry series. With oh, them. that's cool. So they, they knew we were working on a docuseries. And speaking of relationships, the reason I got that contract was because my old campus pastor at wow. USC, Crazy. who teaches classes there now, knew Dave from Palmetto Family, and they were looking for someone to kind of get this series off. Scott had the idea to help them with this series yeah. and had the story idea. And so we started working with them. And right now we're working on a second series with them where they're addressing the opioid crisis in South oh, Carolina. Right. And so we're doing a five-part series on the opioid crisis. Aren't we one That's of the top awesome. states for opioid mm-hmm. usage in yeah. South Carolina? Top 10? Yeah. I think so. Um, okay, so that makes sense. First thing, let's talk about this insane— I think our listeners will be intrigued because not every day they get to hear somebody who made a documentary that is equal to in terms of uh, content realization or quality um, as like Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. So talk about the process, the thing you just mentioned, which you can talk about. Yeah, the about. most frustrating process of my life. So most far. frustrating because <laughs> there's so many challenges to it. But um, the first time I was ever um, introduced to something like you've done was the Making a Murderer series that Netflix yeah, did series. on the Steven yeah. uh, guy. And I was like fascinated that somebody took the time to share his story. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was produced in such a way that made him look very innocent. Yeah. I don't know. He's still a likable character. For sure. And it was so well done. So talk a little bit about why you started to do what you, this project you did right. and then like what it's been like uh, to this point. Yeah, I was just talking about this with a distributor today because he was asking kind of how we got started. And as you know, I do, I've done all these advertising and mm-hmm. web-based videos. Well, one of the clients we used to have 
was the Miss South Carolina pageant. Okay. And that was from this guy, um, Jay Pitts, who actually is the executive producer on this docuseries. Mm -hmm. His dad was a JC, was part of the Junior Chamber of Commerce back in the 50s. Okay. And back in the 50s, the JCs, even before that, but the JCs used to volunteer for local pageants mm -hmm. associated, associated with the Miss America system. And so Jay, who we know has brought us into the Miss South Carolina pageant to produce their show multiple times, um, has just been around the pageant for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And we were working on a pitch because we wanted to do the main preliminary show for the Miss America organization at the national pageant that right. year. So we were talking to Chantel Krebs, who's the CEO, and she took our proposal and then kind of shoved it aside and didn't really use us. You know, nothing against her, but she didn't want to use us. And so we were sitting around the table one day saying, well, I don't think we're going to get this contract. You have 50 years experience in Miss America. <clears throat> Me and my brother are storytellers. You know, it'd be really awesome. It just happens to be the 100th year anniversary of Miss America. Why don't we create a docuseries? Mm. Why don't we, and actually it wasn't a docuseries at first. It was, why don't we do a documentary? And then what we slowly learned as we started putting content together and creating a treatment for it, we go, this can't fit in an hour and a half. Right. And so once again, talking about relationships and being blessed, like God opened the doors through relationships. Because of Jay, we were able to secure 27, and it's getting ready to be 27, 22, it's getting ready to be 29 interviews with former Miss Americas that are all going to be in this documentary. Mm. And it's just been a two-year labor of love project that we funded ourselves. And right now we're working on two more interviews for the last episode and we're working on distribution right now. And that's the hard part. And we'll get to like the challenges yeah. of that. But what did that, ex what does that experience teach you about? Let's kind of use some things that would be more practical for our listeners. Cause not everyone listening mm -hmm. has ever done film. The let's talk about some characteristics of a business owner or whatever that you learned from this. That's you talk about taking a risk. Oh yeah. Uh, you haven't monetized it yet. No. You worked on it two years, almost night and day, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Yeah. And you put a lot of time, effort, energy, and money into it. Still in the hole. Still in the hole. I, I wouldn't advise it as a business plan, by the way. No. This is one of those things you got to step out in faith and say, sure. "Well, God, you're going to make this work." <laughs> but what, what has it taught you about, like maybe two bullet points of like core business practices of like what's it taught you in terms of character or like just anything you takeaways? Let me tell you what I'm still learning as of just an hour ago as is of, uh, 310 as of 310 is managing a team. Mm. Managing a team is really hard and walking in balance with everyone's opinions and what they want to do is really hard, especially when you're working on a film, which I mean, I, I can be structured like an office. I mean, there's definitely a CEO, but guess what? There's three principles in this film and we mm. all have to agree on the things that we do. So there's three producers and it's really hard to, when your name's on the company, right. the thing you're producing, it's really hard to bring people together and keep them working as a team. Yeah, when you and I'm still and I don't. There's no advice for that. I'm still learning that, by the way. Well, no, and I was talking to a guy last night. Um, I did some business consulting, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, his business is New Jersey, and he was asking me those questions about hiring and how do you add team members. And I said, look, this is how you do it, but just remember, like you, don't, I don't know the dynamics of the people you're hiring. That is probably the hardest thing to measure is. How is this person's personality going right. to mesh with this one? Right. With their viewpoints and their background, their history, it's things that you can't see. Yeah. And so until you kind of get in the game, you don't know who, which player is going to play what position and who's going to work well together all the time. And as you know, people are complex. They are complex. And if there was some humil more humility and grace, then we'd be mm -hmm. okay. But it's it's hard, especially yeah. in your your realm, there's a lot of people who think they have the best idea of all time. Yeah. Not saying on your team, I'm saying in your industry. And on my team sometimes. And on your team. <laughs> um, you said it not. But 
you know, in that industry, there's a lot of people who think they have the next best big show, right? Right. Next best big idea, next breakthrough. So I can imagine that's pretty difficult. It's a lot. It's a lot of putting egos aside. You know, it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. that I just, sorry, I'm segue here no, for a second. It's one of the reasons when I graduated from USC and I had this media arts degree and I wanted to work in film, I didn't move to Atlanta and I didn't move to LA is mm-hmm. I didn't, what I learned in four years of college, which I don't advise you to go to college necessarily to get mm-hmm. to get a production degree, quote unquote. I think you can gain as much experience on the field as I did. I learned most of my stuff when I was out of college. All right. Hello, my but, name is Chris, and I can <laughs> and you can, I can agree. <laughs> being, being the one of us who well, didn't yeah. go to school for Welcome that. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, kids, this isn't a don't go to college PSA, but I'm saying but you is. might not need it. <laughs> but I say all that to say I didn't really like the people that were in film production. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as a slam to people. People are just very ego-driven mm-hmm. and know-it-alls when it comes to production. And it's really hard to maintain my good witness and my cherub-like demeanor when you're just like that all the time. And so I knew that whatever I did, and was kind of the reason I want to start my own company, is I wanted to have, and not in a bad way, but I wanted to have control. Mm-hmm. And not control as, like, as in like, I control you, but control as in I can create a good environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the difference. Well, let's segue that again to like a sub point. As business owners listening, people who are entrepreneurs, you make sure that you are controlling the narrative of your own companies. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are but a cloud in the sky and there's some other moving parts going on within your business or... Uh, that culture can be shifted very quickly, like a storm that rages right. through overnight. And the next thing you know, you have no idea what happened. You're right. like three months later, you're like, what happened? Um, we sort of had that not on the culture side, but like on the operations side, one of my businesses where something that I thought was being handled X was actually being handled Y. And like, we're having to clean it up now. And it's beca- it's double hard, like double as hard as me just like being, stopping it when I should have. I didn't know exactly if that makes sense. But all that to say, if you're not in control of those rhythms, like you're talking about rhythms and environments, um, you need to be. You know, I talk to some business owners sometimes who are like, you know, I'm more of a hands-off guy. As long as guys show up, (laughs) as long as they're on time and work hard, I'm good. And it's like, but then they're setting the standard for how people are acting if you're just like turning a blind eye to the – how things are actually going on within the business. Um, so that's good advice, Daniel. So, okay, you made this amazing documentary, mm-hmm. docu-series, whatever we're calling it, and talk about the pain points of selling that and actually making money. Just in, I, I think it's just interesting for one, mm-hmm. but number two is there's a lot of people listening to this episode who feel like they have a great product or service to sell, mm-hmm. and some years it's awesome and easy. It's like literally you get a job and you get a job and like everybody wants to hire you. <laughs> right. And then there's other times where it's like, I, I, I talked to a guy recently. He was like, I can't sell anything. Mm. And then like the next month I saw him, he's like, we're booked for a month. And I'm like, how does that happen? So just how do you, how are you kind of dealing with that lull? I want to say of trusting the process, knowing right. your products as good as it should be, not like selling yourself short, you know, stuff right. like that. Well, it's been a, I will say this, it's been a roller coaster. Like I was talking to the executive producer about this not too long ago and he kind of feels the same. I think there's days that we're on top of the world and there's days where like we can't do anything right. And, a, you know, a great example of that is, you know, we're, we're working on getting into this film festival right now and we're all excited and, and, and we're booking rooms. It's going to be amazing. We're going to find some distributors there. And then we had this other problem arise where we had some issues with episode one, and, you know, a lot of uncertainty surrounding what we're going to be doing with the film festival, what, what these other, what these other, distributors that I'm talking to 
And so it's like a week later, we're excited about this film festival. And then we're like, well, this is doom and gloom. We got to pull out of this. We got to start doing this. We've done everything wrong. Yeah. And it's really been hard to like stay steady with my emotions. And I'm, I'm trying to pray through that process and be better about it. Like, no, this is the direction we need to go. Yeah. And let's stay steady and let's trust the process because right now I don't know who's going to end up taking this thing. I don't know who we're going to sell it to. Yeah. We're, we're in contact with multiple people, but I think we just kind of have to trust the process and that we, you know, you got to find who works well. You know, me and Steven have been talking about, we want someone who's a distributor, not that has the most money. You you can you can throw five million dollars at me, but you might not be the perfect fit because you might end up screwing me over at the end and, and throwing our project under the bus. As we've been looking, and we say this to people we talk to now, we want someone to have our back. Yeah, like if you're going to get behind this distribution wise, can you have our backs? Can you believe in the project? Can you support it? Who are you going to take it to? You know, can we trust who you're taking it to? All that kind of stuff. And there's questions that we didn't think about when we first started because it was like, oh well, let's just go find some guy in California, which I made this mistake and, and the distributor laughed at me today. He's like, yeah, you met some shyster in California who said he, he'd take a retainer and sell your project. I said, yep. And I gave him some money and he went out there and never delivered. And so sometimes you learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great light. Oh, that's a good phrase at the end. Um, you do learn the hard way. <laughs> uh, we've all done stuff. I think if, if everyone listening is being honest, we're like, you're operating out of a little bit of desperation. When you act out of desperation, mm -hmm. you lack total wisdom. Um, I was telling a guy a couple of days ago <clears throat> how my, con my, my inner self will be like, that's a bad idea. But then my desperation will say, oh, but it could be a good idea. And then you make a decision that costs you double the money yeah. and double the time. And that's a great advice, Daniel, on that. So, <clears throat> Okay. So let's kind of pivot. Uh, that's I'm I'm interested to hear the end of that, but let's pivot to like more practical stuff for our <laughs> the, listeners. The end is everything's still up in the air. That's right. And, <laughs> yeah, that's frustrating, but it's, it's, it's pretty it's, sick. I saw um, you know the trailer, and I want to watch the episode. So, but so let's go to like small business production here. You yeah. work with a marketing company often. Right. You worked with us. Right. Um, there's a lot of guy people, girls and guys listening who are just now tip, dipping their toe into marketing. Mm -hmm. And video production, first off, sounds expensive even when you say it. You're like, video production, <laughs> I hear like five grand every time. Right. Um, how, you know, TikTok, Instagram, the biggest things going on right now on social media are Reels and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Reels on Instagram, TikTok on TikTok. Okay. And uh, what do you call TikToks? 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 Gosh. Yeah. Tic-tacs? TikToks? Tic-tac-talk-talks. Tic <laughs> I heard that all the, uh, sorry, recently yeah, I heard that on. all the uh, big um, people on TikTok are like moving off of TikTok now because, the they, because they can't monetize terrible. it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They can't monetize it. It's monetize it well. oh, I know who you heard that from. Who, David Waldy, I bet. He probably did say it, but I thought I heard it from another person. He and I just talked. Really? Interesting. Uh, David Waldy, a guest of the, I think he's been on our show. Yeah, he has. He has been on the show uh, once or twice. David's TikTok has blown up. He's yeah, pushing he, yeah, 250, 300K. That's crazy. And uh, he was showing me his numbers of what he gets paid per day on it. It's like a joke. It's like, I don't want to like say them. it, but it's a joke. And so if, it was, on, trying, if it was on pivot? YouTube or like Instagram, it'd be huge. Yeah. Because Instagram, I work with some professional athletes for marketing and stuff and, and beacon sports and they're getting like notifications on, you know, their emails that we, we look at Tick, uh, Instagram's like, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to do a reel. And like, mm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know? So that's why they're going to Instagram. Interesting. Yep. 
Um, and that is Zuckerberg's last chance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw Facebook is down 30%. Oh yeah, Stock price. I, yeah, I did hear that. It might even be more than that today. I was, he, he personally lost like oh man. billions. Of oh dollars. for sure. Let's look. I've, at it. I've seen people recently also really ripping the um, what do you call metaverse? Yeah, like, I, is down thirty three percent, dude. It's since weird. September thirty three percent since September. Wow. Yeah, people are not on board with it because it's is. I, I really do think that our society is waking up to this technological like fast forward that we've done really since 5g launched and people started mm. realizing what they could do with 5g. Like by the time our lifetimes are over, like we probably won't be driving cars anymore. Like that's kind of what I see this thing coming to. They're going to be so <laughs> automated. So crazy. I talk about when we're like 80. I'm, no, not, I know. I'm not saying yeah, like yeah. 2032, but I'm saying next 50 years. Well, my car already basically drives it. So. Yeah. Like Tesla's already <laughs> halfway there. What's crazy is when I watched iRobot with Will Smith, when I was like oh, yeah, 12, 13, 14. So underrated. I, yeah, Such a is. great movie. I remember thinking to myself, this is nuts. Like it was so above its time. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Don't you wish you made investments based on movies that were ahead of its time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like back to the future. Back to the future. I also have a good story with uh, movies and investments. My dad owned a bunch of money in Marvel right before they started producing movies. He sold it in like 99 or 2000. I have a worse story, but we can never get into my camping world story. But, um, When, I was there for all of that. When, Can I tell my side please, of that? Please, go ahead. <laughs> oh, gosh, what happened? So this was the beginning of 2020. Right Alex and I first started working together, and COVID happened, and the summer hit, and it was like, nobody knows how long this thing's going to last. And so Alex has the great idea, just like a lot of people had, apparently, of, you know what? I bet you the outdoor industries are going to explode, stuff like hiking equipment and camping and, you know, cross country trips. And I all mean, that it makes stuff. sense. Cause it's all, it's stuff you have to do outside by yeah. yourself. And so <laughs> Alex was like looking into the market and he's like, Oh my God, camping world is going through the roof. He's like, ah, oh, but I'm really, I'm trying to buy my house. I'm trying to pay for it. And I'm like, I just, I can't do it. It's not, it's not a good call right now. He got down to $4 a it was share. Like $4 a share. And like, Week after week after week, it just kept multiplying. He's like, I, I can't do it. I'm, it's it's going to crash. There's no way it's going to stay this way. And it rode the wave for like four months. $40 a share. It went to $40 wow. a share. And I, was talking about putting, oh, I was talking about putting like a significant amount of money in it, like yeah. to where I would have had a uh, $750,000 return. Oh my gosh. And it's not, I mean, it's funny to me because I had to watch Alex basically like unfold every Rich, morning I'm, when he looked I'm at the report. I'm upset at you now because <laughs> you. here's the thing I didn't ever think about. I had a lump sum of money that I've saved up over a lot amount of time to buy mm -hmm. my land that I now love, by the way. And I have my house and it's awesome. Why did no one tell me, oh, you don't have to put all of it in Camping World? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Never thought of that. Only lump sum. Like was, 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. why not 10,000 bucks? 10 that would have been 120,000. Yeah. <laughs> didn't think of diversifying. Didn't even that. think about it. Nope. Or what would have been even better is the like options trading, like yeah. options yeah. ad. Uh, yeah. It would have been like 300 grand. <laughs> yep. So I should have told you to watch the big short and get inspired. Uh, on pretty upset with that. But <laughs> the other one that is frustrating and we all have this story, but like, that's pretty bad. I mean, Chris was there every day. I'm like, dude, I got to put money in Camping World. I got to put money in Camping World. Yeah. But it was a, like all the money or none of the money. Yeah. For some reason, Chris, you got to help <laughs> me with that. Um, I've learned my lesson some, but I got into crypto pretty early. I've made some money on that, but I've always felt weird about it. Like, I'm like, do I, what? here's something good for our listeners. You can only invest in your business or th that stuff. Like, and for me, I'm scaling businesses and I feel like the money's better spent on people and my business. I get you. 
um, for now. Like I would love to have all the excess, but yeah. I control the businesses. I don't control Wall Street. Right. You look at what's happening right now with Facebook. Do you think people would have thought three months, six months ago, maybe some some people, 33%? It went 25% in a day. Yeah. Mm. What, Facebook, 25% in a day? Yeah. You're talking about, I don't know what their market cap is. Trillion, right? Wasn't it a trillion that's dollar some, market? Was there, some crazy was there a big loss? No, that's Tesla. It's not trillion dollar market cap. Tesla's like one of the only two or three. I think Apple and Tesla, right? That sounds right. But, so Tesla's the other one. Yeah. I remember running a race two, uh, three years ago, 2019, running this 5K or something. And this guy who's a, the trainer at my gym I was going to, Tesla was known, but three years ago, Tesla was not big. Mm-hmm. Three, maybe four years ago now, 2018. It was 2018. He goes, tell me about, he's about to stop doing the gym stuff. He's going to go be a financial advisor. I said, okay, what what makes you want to do that? Well, I've made a lot of money on this, on Tesla. I made a lot of money on the stock of Tesla. I got in in 2016 and I feel like I could help people pick good stocks. He didn't know what he was talking about yet. He was just, he's had a good luck. I said, oh, what's Tesla stock share? I think at the time it was like 200 bucks. (laughs) Okay. 200 bucks. And I told my wife and I'm like, hey, this Tesla thing sounds like it could be the next big, like big, I didn't know much about it. Well, Tesla is now a thousand dollars a share, but that's after a stock split. Are you familiar with the stock uh, split? Yeah. They had a five for one stock split. Mm. Okay, so really, it's five thousand yeah. dollars a share at two hundred bucks. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> what what I'm what I'm learning with that is that put what you are willing, you know, hundred bucks a week, fifty bucks yeah. a week, whatever you got, and just let it grow. Um, Don't touch it. Gosh, it's so hard because like I did that in the dip in last September. Um, not this September, the one before I did buy some stocks that dip, Dave and Buster's was way down and sold it and it went, mm. you know, and I'm like, just stop touching the stupid let thing. It ride. They say the people who make the most money are the ones who put some money in the stock market and leave it there for 35 years and never touch it. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm just that guy. It's like, uh, yeah, so silly. I could talk about this forever, but, <laughs> um, can you share, um, Daniel, just a little bit like. Let's say someone's listening and they're like, video production, I would never need that. But uh, on a small level, like Logan, our, you know, pure media guy, um, he works for pure media marketing, excuse me. He's our media guy for pure marketing. Sorry, tongue twister there. Um, (laughs) He just bought a gimbal for his iPhone. Uh And people probably don't know what a gimbal is. You can explain after I'm done talking. But small investment to make better videos off his iPhone Mm -hmm. for his, our marketing efforts, right? Right. So like, I think what, what I'm trying to say is when people hear video production, they're like, oh, I'm out of this. I can't do this. What can they do on a small level that they may not be doing for their social media, for their website? I know on our website, we have um, our pure, um, our, our Beacon Sports one. We have this awesome video that is going on you know, right. behind our website. Uh, what do you call that, Chris? Uh, it's like a like a banner video. Banner video. Thank you, gosh. I drew, drew a blank. You know, I wouldn't even know what that is. Either. A banner video is like, you know, <laughs> like a 20 second recurring video that kind of shows some of the things you do. It's like a background video for your website. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, you're talking about when you go to the pages. Yeah. 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 I never knew that was called. Yeah. But, but so there's so many <laughs> things that people can <laughs> do. I mean, do you have any like s- tips for someone that doesn't have a budget, but like they can do like better video quality? Like what can they do? Is it, the sun, like what can just yeah. encourage somebody who is not implementing video in their marketing strategy. I mean, I think to me, and I'm not, I guess you could say I'm a professional marketer because I work in marketing, helping all these companies market all the time, but I'm not really a marketing guy. I'm more of a film guy sure. or media, you know, more of a narrative guy. And that just kind of translates into what I do with commercials and how I tell stories in different ways. 
but the word or the phrase that would come to my mind is, well, what do they say? Content's king. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have something to put the, the things that I pay attention to the most. And this is where I bring my, my marketing experiences when I'm talking to clients, especially even some of these chiropractic doctors. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking to show media and we're, mm-hmm. we're negotiating what to do mm-hmm. with clients is I say, well, this is what I would want to see because I am pitch stuff every day. And I can tell you exactly what I'm paying attention to, what I don't pay attention to. And so usually when I'm talking to a client, what the first thing I do is say, well, I wouldn't be interested in that, but I would be interested in this because what do I do? What do I do at night when I'm sitting there getting ready to go to bed? I get on TikTok too, and I can scroll through videos and there's stuff I'll stop on. Mm -hmm. There's brands I'll stop on. And I can tell you exactly what I'm interested in. And so I've learned, and this is kind of answering a question, but it kind of got me down this path is like, I bring my personal experience in marketing. Mm. I don't really come with a lot of, well, guess what? I, I graduated top of my class technical. and yeah, in yeah. marketing and I can give you all these, you know, anal- analytics. It's more mm. like, let me tell you what works for me. I think psychology, I, like this is where we argue. Like when companies, we have many sponsors for trifecta. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have almost 20,000 followers on Instagram in our space. That is like a hundred thousand. It's a lot and don't care about that necessarily, but it's just, just fact. Mm-hmm. But we keep getting these questions from companies that, you know, we're wor- talking about working with. And they mm-hmm. were like, give us your and get your analytics. I'm like, okay, I understand that's important to look at as like a base thing. But psychologically, you're talking about psychology. Yeah. I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, to me, marketing psychology. When I see um, a cool video, really for me that I love, is like something where I'm like a process, creative process. Like mm-hmm. Morrison made was caught me, okay? Like we talk about him, he's on the show. This dude was a firefighter, Okay. Started making TikToks, doing really custom leather stuff, and he just filmed it with like, he had a stand that cost 20 bucks, and he put his iPhone, and he started clipping it. He went viral on TikTok, okay? He is now, we conv- I convinced him to quit his job. Mm-hmm. He is booked out two months. He might be booked out three now. His wife's helping him, and they're about to hire their first employee, and he cannot keep up with demand because of wow. a $20 thing he bought to film TikToks. Yeah. And- Again, it was psychology. He does such a good job of like a 45 second video showing you the entire process of what right. he did. And so like- When it goes back to what, you, what we were talking about is what content's king, right? Yeah. And so, and so it's stuff you'd want to see. And so that's, okay, that's great. That's a great phrase. People listening, when we're talking about, like make sure you're doing things that people want to see. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's from your iPhone. It doesn't matter if it's from a $5,000 camera like we have sitting up there. I learned that recently as I dropped it the other mm-hmm. day. Goodness, I about freaked out. He busted the lens. Oh my, I busted the... Oh, hold on, wait a second. I busted what? He busted the lens. No, I didn't. I busted the turning thing. That's the lens. Eh, it still you, you does broke. Fun. You broke the lens cap. The lens and cap, thank bent you. the threads for the filters leaning in the lens. Well, the lens still works, we can God. Fix it. It's not broken, broken, but it's just not as functional as well, it was we need to get, somehow fix it, but... I, anyways, so you don't need that. You Like, yeah. whatever you have, make the best content you can with right. what you have. right. And uh, here's a good question. Do you know the data that says like how long a short form video should be? Chris? Actually, I don't. Chris is probably know more than I do. Yeah, it's, it's less so. So the rules that I go by are the video needs to be as long as it needs to be, but as short as it can be. Hmm. Because now you, you get limits on that, right? So I think YouTube is 60 seconds for real. I think Instagram's 60 seconds for real. I think TikTok can do up to three minutes. But it's like, what can you tell people about in that amount of time right. that's going to keep their attention? And how are you going to get them? How are you going to capture their attention the first two seconds? Because right. otherwise, they're going to swipe, and then it doesn't matter what comes after. So, like, if your if your opening shot is this long fade in sunset, 
they're going to swipe up. Yeah. yeah. It could be the best feed on the internet. They're not going to watch it. You got to catch them in that first. But you will seconds. win an Academy Award with that. You so. will win an Academy <laughs> you won't, Award. You, yeah. won't, you won't get any money, but you'll win an Steven Academy Spielberg Award. Steven Spielberg. I still haven't heard of any of the movies <laughs> that win Academy Awards. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, do you I want money have, or do you want to win an award? An award that literally means nothing. I feel yeah, like exactly. that's Marvel movies writ, like in that one sentence. <laughs> it's like, that's, I heard it I heard it phrased like this from someone at Disney. Is I'm not worried about the awards. I'm worried about the Bank of America Awards. That's awesome. Well, Daniel, anyways, I've appreciated you being on the podcast, man, and kind of giving us some insight. Hopefully these ramblings are coherent. They're super good. I think it's good. I mean, I'm big. We're really putting a major focus on video. Uh, for this year with us, we just started TikTok with uh, Trifecta, and it's doing really well. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Before before we wrap up, I don't know how much time we have. We have I, plenty I, of time. I was going to talk about this earlier because I actually, um, because I minor in film studies, I will teach classes, and I've done it for middle schoolers and high schoolers for probably five or six years now. Um, just some people I know who teach art classes will call me, and I'll do like a, a week film course. And the reason I mention that is a lot of my um, first days – at those schools, I try to focus on talking to the kids about how they're all content creators. Hmm. One of my one of my big things is like, okay, you all, I'm sure you all like TV shows and movies. And you know what? You're probably all not going to graduate here and go into the media field and be directors or BPAs or, you know, be cinematographers. But I'll tell you one thing you will do is you'll all keep posting on Instagram. You'll all keep posting on Facebook. Now the kids, you will be making TikToks. You will be watching TikToks. And so let's learn about how you can create good content and why it's important to create good content. Why is it important? That's that's what I want our listeners to hear. To me, and at least for them, like it speaks a a lot about who you are. Mm. Like to me, when I'm telling stories, I'm telling something that's personal to me. Mm. And so I try to talk to the kids about that. Like, listen, this is more than just getting some attention and feeling good about yourself. Like art, and this is more of like the Christian perspective. It's like if one of the first things God ever did is create, if we're going to create like God, like that's in, in essence, we're doing what God mm-hmm. created in us, like created us. So if we're creating, we're doing what God does. And so that doesn't make us God, but it means like we're doing the thing our creator does. Mm. And it's great that he bre- breathes creativity into us too. Like he's creative. Right. So we're creative. I love that. Dude, I love that. That that last piece is exactly like we're all content creators. So that's kind of what I was trying to get out of you today. Mm-hmm. Is someone who does creation every day for a living is it doesn't take a degree. It doesn't take knowing every single filter or every, you know, the technical side right. of it. It takes effort. It takes intentionality and enhancing what you're doing a little bit every day like doing a little bit better quality, a little bit more unique. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you've got, you've got great content. You know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have to, you're not getting an award. Like, no, yeah. like you said, no one's going around giving you it's, a trophy. It's kind of like what you said earlier. It's like when you're creating, if it's creating is personal to you and it's what you want to see, well, then you know other people are going to want to see it too. That's a good point. And man. it's like, don't just go create a bunch of nonsense, create what you want to see. Right. I love that. I love that. So anyways, Daniel, thank you so much for yeah, being thanks, on guys. the pod, man. This is the Down to Business Podcast, guys. We're here every Monday and Friday. We'll see you next time. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you um, do that. If you do one on Apple Podcasts and we see it, I'm going to give you guys a shout-out next episode. Uh, So go and leave us a nice review, and we appreciate you being a listener. See you next time.